Hey everyone, thank you for joining the Pastor Resources Podcast. Hope you enjoy the reading of our latest article. Something Needs to Change by David Platt Blindness Put on your sunglasses, Aaron says as we shoulder our packs outside the tea house. He points to the blue sky and the blazing sun. With the way the sun is shining on this snow up here, without sunglasses, you'll go blind before long. Are you serious, Aaron? I asked. Yeah, it's like snow blindness, sort of like a sunburn on your eyes. And just like the sunburn, by the time you notice the symptoms, it's too late. You can get spots and go blind completely for a day or two or or even permanently. With the others, I slipped my shades over my eyes as we started walking down the trail. I use the word trail loosely because it feels more like we are making our own path through the snow. But it is magnificent. We are surrounded on all four sides by snowy peaks. The mountain on our right side is about 27,000 feet. To provide some perspective, we're hiking at around 13,000 feet, which is slightly lower than the height of Pikes Peak in Colorado. So right next to us, we're looking at a mountain that is like Pikes Peak stacked on top of Pikes Peak. After hiking up and down several small rises in about 500 yards, we come upon a village with only a few homes. And as we enter the village, a man steps out of his house. He's wearing a tattered beige shirt and a torn brown jacket with holes that no doubt prevents it from fulfilling its purpose. His black hair, gray beard, and rough bronze skin look like they've not been washed for weeks. But none of these attributes are what sticks out about this man. I notice he's missing an eye. Aaron greets him in their local language, and the man, extremely soft-spoken, mumbles a response looking down with his one eye. What's your name? Aaron asked as he motions to Nabon to translate. Though Aaron knows much of the local language, Nabon is originally from these villages and also proficient in English, making communication much smoother and more accurate. The man looks up, and I look into his eyes. I can see into his skull. Kamal, he responds, covering the hole in his face with a cotton-like swab. After a few minutes of small talk with Nabon translating, Aaron says to Kamal, Can I ask what happened to your eye? Again, looking down, Kamal answers, A couple of months ago, it became infected, and at first it itched and watered. I didn't think much about it, but then it got worse. I felt a sharp pain in my head, and it didn't go away for many days. Finally." My eye fell out. Aaron asks more questions, and Kamal shares how his cheek is caving in and his hearing is failing. And as we listened, we realized what's happening. With no medicine available nearby, Kamal 
has an infection that is quickly overtaking his entire head and may even take his life. Aaron shifts the conversation in a more spiritual direction and asks, Have you ever heard of Jesus? Kamal looks back, confused. No, who's that? I've never heard that name. It's like Kamal was being asked about a man he's never met who lives in a nearby village. Aaron begins to tell the story of Jesus. But Kamal seems confused about the relevance of a man who lived 2,000 years ago. When Aaron finishes, Kamal just looks down and quietly says, I need help with my eye. Aaron has been part of starting a clinic further down the mountain, and he tells Kamal that he will work to get him some help. May I pray for you, Aaron, asks Kamal. Though still obviously confused, Kamal answers yes. Standing up to our knees in snow, shivering from the cold, we gather around Kamal and pray for God to help him. In the name of Jesus, praying in faith, but even our prayers felt empty, at least to me. I know it shouldn't, because I know prayer matters. What could be more valuable than talking to God on Carmel's behalf? But that's just it, even as we say amen. I can't escape the lack of faith in my heart that the words we just said are going to make very little difference. Praying sure felt like the right thing to do, but as we prayed, I wasn't really praying with actual faith that God would miraculously heal Kamal on the spot. And honestly, I'm not sure I had that much faith that things were ever going to change for Kamal. It's a pretty empty feeling to pray for someone when deep down inside, you're not actually believing it's going to matter. Surely that's not the way prayer is supposed to work. I pray all the time that that isn't the way prayer works. Why do I have these doubts in the hiddenness of my own heart and mind? Discouraged at this moment by my empty feeling faith, I'm encouraged by a totally different picture I see in Aaron. As we walk away, he tells us more about the clinic they have set up further down the trail. There, Aaron says, Kamal will have the opportunity to get the medical help while also hearing more about Jesus. In other words, I see in Aaron a picture of someone who believes that he just prayed and that we spoke to the one true God who has all the power in the universe to heal and help Kamal. Aaron believes this so much that he is at God's disposal to be the means by which his prayers are answered. I want to pray in faith like that, not just talk about praying that way. Urgent Needs Leaving Kamal's village, the trail narrows significantly. No longer on a plateau, we now trek alongside the mountain. It's startling to look to your left and see a steep drop into a deep canyon. If you slip now, it's going to be a long fall 
you won't live to talk about. These mountains, on a trail like this, it's impossible to talk with another hiker. When walking single file, concentrating on your steps, meaningful conversation with anyone else is out of the question. So I find myself alone in my thoughts. As I reflect on what we just witnessed in the village as well as on what Aaron said as we were leaving, I realize this was the perfect living definition of urgent spiritual and physical needs. Physically, Kamal is approaching death with seemingly no help in sight. And spiritually, up until 20 minutes ago, he never even heard the name of the only one with the power to save him from sin and death. I find myself thinking, are physical and spiritual needs equally urgent? What is Kamal's most urgent need? Surely, you could make the case that Kamal's most pressing needs are medical care. What he needs most right now is not a story about Jesus, but help from a doctor. Yet, someone else might say that hearing about Jesus is absolutely Kamal's most urgent need. After all, the mission of the church was to make disciples not to meet physical needs, right? In that moment, on that trail, it seemed to me that both needs are urgent, and we can't ignore either of them. If we ignore both, then maybe we're the ones who are blind. David Platt is the author of three New York Times bestsellers, including Radical. He's a lead pastor at McGlean Bible Church in Metro Washington, D.C., the former president of the International Mission Board and founder of Radical Incorporated, a global ministry that serves churches in accomplishing the mission of Christ. Platt received his Master's of Divinity, his Master's of Theology, and a doctrine in philosophy from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. Thanks again for listening to the Pastor Resources Podcast. To read all of our articles, head over to pastorresources.com and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more articles and special interviews.